0: Hey guys, I just want to tell you a little bit about our Podcases app, which is now live on the App Store. It's the world's first audio-driven app for experiencing medicine. Every week you can step into the shoes of doctors with an engaging case and quiz. Download now and have a look for yourself. Let's get back to the show. Hi everyone, my name's Manib.
1: And I'm Verda.
0: And we are two academic F1 trainees in London. This talk is all about what the AFP is its benefits, how to uh, how to apply and how to prepare for the application and also how to prepare for the interviews as well, as well as some tips and tricks from us along the way.
1: So starting off, if we just talk about what the AFP is, I'm sure you guys know already and that's why you're listening to this, but essentially it stands for the Academic Foundation Programme. So it's an alternative programme to the normal foundation, two years that most people do, The difference is that one of your six clinical rotations is actually an academic rotation, and this can focus on anything from research to leadership to even medical education. In some deaneries, it may not be its own distinct rotation, but instead be spread over the entire F2 year where you do two days of academic work per week. There are many different benefits. For example, it allows for dedicated time to work on your research, teaching and leadership skills. Obviously, you can do this in your normal foundation program as well. But you usually have to do this out of working hours and you may not be as supported. It also means that you have specific teaching, which is for academic trainees, and you have a dedicated supervisor who works with you over the kind of over the two years. It's a really great way to network and to get to know other academics in the field of your interest.
0: So before we dive right into it, um, one disclaimer that we'd like to say is that we both applied for the London AFP. So we will be focusing primarily on that in the rest of this talk. However, these concepts are generalizable across the different units of application across the UK. First, let's discuss the pre-interview stage. The main things that they're looking for here can be split into the three P's. These are prizes, publications and presentations. So we'll start with prizes. These can be from your university, such as getting merits or distinctions in your end-of-year exams. They can be from prizes from, say, essay competitions or um, conferences as well. So keep an eye out from your universities for any opportunities they might have and also from the different royal colleges for any essay competitions and things like that that they offer. Uh, Varadha, do you have any tips for this?
1: Um, Yeah, I would say it's actually quite worth getting in touch with the admin team at your university as well, because sometimes you might have certain prizes that they don't even tell you about, or you may have forgotten about. So, for example, FSC prizes. Um, So, I'd say maybe just drop them an email and see what they think. Um, And leading on nicely from this, we then move on to the second P, which is for presentations. So, these can be poster, oral, or, for example, given the current climate, virtual conferences as well. Um, So these can be based on any research you've done, any audits, any quality improvement projects, or any SSCs. Um, They must be for national or international conferences to count for the London application. But for other units of application, I know they may be able to accept from other kind of regional conferences as well. Sometimes it's really good to look back on your SSCs and see if you can present any work that you've done in a poster, for example, or any of your BSc work as well. Um, and always keep an eye out on the Royal College website to see when they're hosting these conferences.
0: Definitely, with these Royal Colleges, they usually almost always have a student category, and these can be quite easy to get your work accepted into. And on top of that, they usually give prizes for the best presentations. So it's definitely worth a look. And finally, we have publications. So now we know that these can be quite difficult and the interviewers know this as well. So don't feel overwhelmed. If you are able to secure any publications, and that's great, And one method that we would suggest if you don't have any is that you can look into writing letters to the editor. So this is when you respond to a published article with your own thoughts and views on that piece of work. Now, our advice would be to focus on medical education journals because they value medical student opinions on their pieces. And if these letters do get accepted, then they can have a PubMed ID, which is a criteria for counting as a publication in your London application. Where do you have any tips on that?
1: Um I think something that we did um also is you can publish your quality improvement/order work. Um and it's much easier to publish because it's mostly an article which is around 800 to 1000 words. Um so it's quite an easy write up that you can do with your supervisor and journals are very willing to accept those kind of um kind of research pieces.
0: Definitely, and now that summarises the pre-interview stage, but when you're actually applying the application process you can apply for two different academic jobs. So these would be varying, these are known as units of application. Uh, so, for example, London is one unit of application, um, and you might have Northwest as another unit of application. Uh, so, each of these can have slightly different uh, processes for their interviews, but we'll be focusing primarily on the London one, as mentioned before. Now, we're going to talk about the interview stage. The whole interview lasts for approximately 40 minutes. This is broken down into 15 minutes preparation time, 10 minutes for each station with a 5 minute break in between. The two stations are the critical appraisal station and the clinical station. So let's break these down. In the critical appraisal station, you are asked to appraise an abstract from a study published in a well-established journal. You will be given this abstract 15 minutes prior to the start of the interview so that you can read and prep slightly beforehand. Then when you first go in, they will tend to ask you a general question like, why have you applied for the AFP? uh, What kind of research experience have you had and if you've presented it anywhere or published anything? They may also ask you what you'd like to do after foundation training and this is an avenue for you to then speak about the academic pathway. So for instance, after the AFP, uh, people interested in research might go on to do a ACF post or a PhD. So then after this, uh, they'll start to ask your thoughts on the abstract. So they might ask you specific questions, which are quite directed, or they might not ask many questions at all, and just ask your overall opinion on the study. And in this case, you may just be narrating your entire appraisal. So this can be very variable depending upon the interviews you have and the day that you have it. But let's now talk about how to actually prepare. So Varada, how would you prepare for this station?
1: Um, So what we did for this station is that we started off by reading a little bit about critical appraisal. Obviously we knew a little bit but we weren't prepared enough to kind of go in without reading up a little bit about it. Um, So things that we would advise you to read up on would be different study designs. So this can be for example focusing on randomised control trials, cohort studies, case control studies and systematic reviews. So you want to kind of learn what these are, the main pros and cons of Each of these as well. You then want to think about the different biases that can be present in studies as well for example selection bias, reporting bias, attrition bias to name a few. You also need a basic understanding of medical statistics but we stress that this doesn't need to be very in-depth and it's much better to just keep it simple. So the main things you want to focus on here are p-values, confidence intervals, risk slash hazard ratios, power, and the concept of sensitivity slash specificity. You also want to consider the type of outcome the studies are looking for. So for example, what their primary and secondary outcomes are, whether they're surrogate outcomes or composite outcomes, and essentially what question they're actually asking. In terms of learning all of these things, one book that we used and would really recommend is a book published by Test. It's called The Doctor's Guide to Critical Appraisal. It's not super expensive and it's a very easy read. All of this information, obviously, is also very easily available on Google, and a lot of this does come from practice. And that's why the main piece of advice we would give you is to just practice appraising a lot of abstracts. Go on to well-known journal websites, so for example, uh, The Lancet or The New England Journal of Medicine, and pick an article abstract to go through, ideally in pairs, and ask each other questions Or present to each other so now if we talk about how to actually tackle the station on the day so essentially we split this up into the introduction the analysis stage and then the conclusion so in terms of introducing what we tend to use is the PICO framework and then we add on two of our own letters L and R so essentially what you want to do is you want to generally look at the abstract and introduce it by looking at the population it's targeting the intervention is mentioning, the control is looking at, and also the outcomes. You also want to look at the length of the study and the general results which are reported. You then want to work through the abstract discussing the different biases, statistics, and the methodology and the results. Then you want to move on to concluding. So you want to talk about the generalizability of the study, so what this means, whether you would apply it to a wider population or your own practice, And also, you want to just talk about the different ethical implications of the study and, for example, any conflicts of interest.
0: Next, we will be talking about the clinical station. You will be given a clinical scenario where you are the F1 and there are different patients for you to see. Your reg or consultant may not be available at the time to help. The main purpose of this station is to assess how well you prioritise the patients and whether you practice safely and escalate appropriately. Now, this is a great opportunity for you to also showcase your communication skills, your clinical knowledge and your empathy. So what you need to bear in mind is that the main thing is they're looking to see whether you make a safe and effective doctor who can complete their foundation competencies whilst having one less clinical rotation than your peers. So the scenario you might have may include three to four different patients. These can have acutely unwell patients. You may have one which is a communication-based scenario such as dealing with a patient complaint or an ethical scenario such as a confidentiality issue. Now, the first step is to prioritize who you would see. To do this, you need to remember that patient safety is your primary concern. So you should triage based on this. We advise using a simple A-to-E approach. For example, let's say you have two patients. One is an elderly gentleman whose blood pressure is dropping, and another is a patient who's developed stridor. By remembering your A-to-E, you know to prioritise an airway issue over a circulation issue, so you would see the stridor patient first. Now, this is a simple way to make sure that you're safe. Now a key tip throughout this station would be to always verbalise your thoughts so that the interviewers can understand your reasoning. This also shows them your communication skills and how clear you are. Once uh, you then choose a patient, you may be asked, you know, how you'd go about assessing them. So remember, before you actually go to see them, to gain as much information beforehand. So for example, over the phone, you could ask the nursing staff why the patient was admitted, what their news trend is, and you could ask them to begin uh, retaking some observations or getting vascular access or doing an ECG, for example. Now, once you arrive, remember communication. Introduce yourself to the nurse and the patient when you get there. And then you might be asked to talk through the assessment itself. And in this case, just use a simple A2E approach, which you've learnt before. Now also consider who may be around to help you. There might be other nurses, there might be another doctor you could uh, ask. And also remember that how would you escalate after your initial assessment? And once you have an idea of what the diagnosis or issue might be, remember to mention these out loud with your explanations and why you think so. And when thinking about escalation, think about whether this is a medical or a surgical issue. And if it's a very emergency case scenario, you might want to consider a peri-arrest or an arrest call as well. Finally, a mention on the ethical or communication scenario, remember to think about your four pillars, autonomy, beneficence, non-maleficence and justice. And remember to really express your empathy here and mention that you'd ice your patients too in these circumstances.
1: So that summarises the interview process. Just to finish off, we'll just be sharing some tips and reflections from our experience last year. The main thing to remember for on the day is to remain calm, be yourself and be confident in your approach. The interviewers are essentially looking for an F1 that they'd want to work with. They want to see you're safe, effective and friendly. We'd really recommend that you'd all apply it as it's an additional application and doesn't affect your normal application at all. And if anything, it's great interview practice as well for future hosts and so forth. Thank you very much for listening and all the best for your applications.